You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey there, true believers. Welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right. We're looking at the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the new series by my company, Marvel. That's right. It's going to be Excelsior. Okay, that's as long as I could do my Stanley imitation. It's going to be a lot of fun, though, this week to talk all about it. And we got a great crew. And of course, to me being Stanley, to my Jack Kirby, let's say howdy to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. You know, sometimes I think Jack was the brains and basically Stan was the uh, marketing arm of it. I think a better analogy is that I'm, I'm, your, I'm your winter soldier to your falcon. I like that. That works. That kind of works. Sorry about your left arm, though. That's okay. Well, you know, that, that's where they hit me with the vaccine, so I'm okay. Exactly. It'll, it'll be okay in a while. Well, you know, it's starting to harden up, and you're just walking around with your arms sticking out. <laughs> it's kind of hard walking through the doorway, though. Oops, sorry. So, but it's it's going to be a lot of fun. This was a great, only six episodes. I was yeah, actually one, really surprised. Six and done. Yeah. But, you know, it's leading into a lot of different things, and we'll get all into that. There will be spoilers if you haven't seen the series yet. How exciting. <laughs> spoilers. So, you know, be sure to, you know, watch it first before you listen to this, because we're going to be talking all about it tonight. And we, it's going to be a lot of fun. And speaking of a lot of fun, we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Please write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. Please you know, tell us what you thought of the series. Did you like it? Did you not? What are your thoughts on it? I've seen both. So, you know, there's no wrong or right on this one. We definitely want to hear what you have to say on it. And it should be, you know, very interesting when we get into it a little bit later. So, come on. Let's hear all about it. We definitely need to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from you, we need more feedback from you guys. You know, a lot of people have been starting to leave us feedback up on Apple, on Google, and Stitcher, and a few other folks' places. But we really need you guys out there to tell your friends, tell your neighbors, give us five stars, and, you know, tell us what you guys think of the show. It's a lot of fun. We're giving you a lot of different topics, and we got we got a lot of things coming your way. And as movie theaters are starting to open up again, it's going to be very interesting to see if we get into full, you know, Walter White gear and go to the movies. It should be a lot of fun to see being in the full, you know, plastic body suits and such, you know, when we go. It'll be interesting to see how I'm going to try to get a Coke or a popcorn thing into that, you know, with my mask down. Should be a lot of interesting things to see. But we definitely would love to hear from you. And thank you guys for all your support over the years. We couldn't be doing this for over 11 years. And, you know, still keep on going. And as we like to say, you know, big shout out to our patrons. We got a couple new patrons lately. And we want to say thank you to Sarah. Want to say thank you, of course, to Mark Heffernan. And, of course, to Jennifer Adams. Couldn't do this without you guys. Thank you, thank you for being our patrons. We love you guys. We really, really do. And all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash ESO Network, and you too can become a patron of the ESO Network. Pretty straightforward there, folks. Of course, speaking of straightforward, it is sunny here. It is getting hot. And with, you know, the sunny and hot weather, 
What do I think of? Sunglasses. That's right. Our friends at Tifosi Optical, they've got amazing sunglasses for summers right around the corner. It's, it's almost May. And, you know, May is pretty much the kickoff for summer and schools are getting out and, you know, kids are going to be running around. And what better cool way to do it is with Tifosi Optical sunglasses. All you have to do is go to TifosiOptics.com and you could pick a color out for your lenses, pick a frame out. And if you have prescriptions, they even take that. Even people who wear progressives, they do it. You have a prescription, they can do it for you. And you know what? All you have to do is go to TifosiOptics.com, and if you put in the coupon code, EarthStation1, you get 10% off your order. Just not 10% off one pair of glasses, off your whole order. That's pretty massive if you buy a couple pair of glasses. So it helps out, and it helps EarthStation1, and it helps you get very cool glasses, and you will be the hit of the summer. I guarantee it to fuzzyoptics.com. And now we're here with new friend of the show, Wendy Coke. Welcome. You're just not a podcaster. You're an author and you probably do so many other things too. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to Earth Station One. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, yeah, I work at the high school. I have um, two sets of twins. I have four teenagers. I like to write and I do podcasting on the weekends. Go figure. <laughs> that is crazy. That is crazy. Um, for those people who may not know, what uh, what is your, tell us a little bit about your podcast. We'll start with that. Um, it's called a Juicy Pear Podcast. Um, it's something that my friend, uh, my co-host Sean and I came up with. Uh, we came up with it last summer. You know, um, I live in the state of Michigan, so we, we have pretty uh, strong uh, rules and things regarding the pandemic. So um, it just seemed like uh, you know, there's this big gray cloud hanging over everything. And um, we needed something uplifting and fun to do. And uh, she's divorced and I'm married. And we just kind of have a, a diverse amount of stories between the two of us. And we thought, you know what? I'm like, why don't we just start a podcast? Um, she had a, a, a very, uh, she almost died last year. She had a brain aneurysm. She made a complete 100% recovery. So right there, that was an episode, and um, we love to have, you know, creative types, uh, artists, authors, uh, psychics, free thinkers, entrepreneurs, you know, anything kind of, you know, just cool, or people that uh, might have had an obstacle that they overcome, we would love to have them on as well. So um, we've had a great time with it. Uh, we've, I've met a lot of cool people, just very fun. That's the best part of it, really, is meeting all these people and connecting with them and were you a fan of podcasts before? Where what, what what sort of inspired you as a to get into podcasting? Per to se? be honest, no, not really. Okay, all right. Um, I I knew. Um, so I work at the high school, and a lot of you know the students there uh, are required or you know listen to some podcasting. And um, you know, podcasting I know is not new, but um, I just thought uh, you know it's just another avenue to get your um, your voice out there. It seems like, you know, with this pandemic, there's just other ways that you have to get around things. And podcasting is uh, a great way to do it. And for the most part, it's free. I mean, you can spend a lot of money on equipment and things. But, um, you know, if you like to talk, if you like people and interesting stories, that's what I'm all about. And I thought, you know, why not? Why not do it? Yeah. And well, I think that's what, you know, Mike and I did like 
11 years ago. Wow. <laughs> so, That's great. We, must, we had a, a, I think, similar uh, experience. But I had, I had listened to a lot of podcasts. I was listening to a lot of podcasts then. And I've always been a fan of like radio, radio shows, uh, old time radio stuff. Was that yeah. something that you were into as well? Or was the, was the voice thing uh, an issue at all for you? Or was it like, no, no, I'm really comfortable with this? I don't know. I just kind of dove right into it. I, you know, ever since my dad passed away uh, back in 2014, you know, um, I just really, uh, I just kind of just, I'm going to do what I want to do in life. Uh, life is short and it just seemed like a really fun thing to do. I did take a course to do it. Um, I didn't want to like, I mean, you could probably look everything up on YouTube, YouTube videos, but I just, I don't have that kind of time, you know, to, to go through hours and hours of how to do something. Um, you know, I, I'm not really all that technical. I mean, I, I learned, you know, I, I, so I went through this class, Crystal Prophet Podcasting, um, and I really like, she has a very pragmatic way of, um, and, and just very simple on how to do things. And I, I just like the way that she taught the class. It was a three month, uh, thing. And, um, I, I learned a lot from it. And I think one of the main things is, um, is you don't, I think a lot of people, if they want to get into podcasting, they think that you have to have the most expensive microphone or, you know, the most expensive laptop and everything. And I think that can, you can kind of get into a rabbit hole with that. I don't think that's necessarily true. I mean, you could um, podcast from your phone if you want. I mean, I don't do that, but. Um, that's what I tell my students when we do our seminars at conventions and stuff. It's like, literally, you could start right. podcasting with your phone and it's so easy and there are even even decent mics you could hook up to your yeah. phone to make it and not they're not expensive right, yeah. at all and it's you know both mike and i started with blue snowball okay. microphones when we started and everything and we've just and mike is yeah, still I, using I, his you know and, <laughs> exactly so. there's nothing wrong so, with but, that but yeah you can I, and it's like everybody can and podcast which I, is you awesome. know um I, I've learned a, a lot since uh, oh, uh, the past year, but I have a lot to learn as well. Um, I edit through Audacity and I just kind of, I taught myself that, which it, it seems pretty, you know, at first I, I was just, uh, oh boy, it, it was hard. Um, and then trying to get them all in the directories and, you know, and I do the artwork, I do my own artwork, you know, on Canva and that. So I just, I pretty much do all of it. Um, you know, Sean, of course, is the co-host, but um, I do a lot of the back end sort of things. She doesn't have the time to do all that. So, um, but we're having a great time with it. We just had a psychic on a couple weeks ago. And um, yeah. I, I have to ask, uh, Juicy Pear, where did the name come from? Well, that was a name I came up with. Uh, so I, I had about 50 different names and I just, I wanted something unique I wanted something that might uh, grabs people, uh, grab uh, the attention of people, but not necessarily in a bad way. You know, like you hear of a juicy story, a juicy pair, mm -hmm. you know, and she liked it as well. And I was hoping she would, cause that was like on my short list too. There was a few <laughs> others and she goes, you know what? I like that juicy pair. I'm like, you know what? Let's just go with that. So that's what we went with. Well, very nice. It does. Uh, yeah, it is very, yeah, it's simple but makes yeah. you stand out. So uh, I, yeah. yeah, I don't think uh, I'll forget it. Um, and yeah, you guys recorded uh, 20 episodes, is it already? So, yeah, yep. so our 20th episode came out Yep, today, this morning. Um, yeah, so we had a, a relationship coach that we uh, talked to a few weeks ago, uh, Rihanna Milne. 
she's a very popular life and love coach. And yeah, that was great. So yeah, still plugging away at it. So um, we're thinking like to have it off this summer, just kind of a little bit of break and then come back to it. I know that maybe that might not be a good idea, but God, we've, we've just been so busy, but we do, we are planning on um, coming back in the fall. What are you, what are your guys' uh, opinions on that? What do you think? Is that too long of a break or? Um, I think it's, I, maybe just do like one episode a month, just so okay. you keep your listeners in mind type thing. Cause in all truth, out of sight, yeah. out of mind, a lot of There's times a lot of competition. you will, right. The, it, there is. And for every, every day, there's at least a hundred right. new podcasts starting, but you know, that's what you have to go up right. against. And it's not a bad yeah. thing by any means, but you know, we want to, you know, definitely keep going because your listenership, if you start taking a break they're going to find other right shows to listen well what to. we do like around the summer you know what we do is we do like a little teaser in my car or whatever and we put it on youtube and we kind of just do a, a two or three minute thing of what's coming up for the week and i told her i said we should probably do that throughout the summer and kind of make it fun and, you know just to keep engagement there so we'll probably we'll be still doing that um and i do have some back episodes that i could probably put out throughout the summer but yeah it's yeah, always it, good to get input Right. And it's not a bad thing to take a, you know, to take a little time, you know, to take a break to also to, you know, we've never done that. <laughs> so maybe it would be good. Um, I don't know, but. Uh, what do you mean? Uh, wait, now, wait a minute. Yeah, In 11 years time, you've never taken a break. You, we have one week off and that's when oh my, my mother-in-law word. passed. Yeah, we have, been, we have come out with an episode every week since then. Oh my word. That's why we're up to episode 574. <laughs> so is this so. your full-time job? No. Oh wow! No, no, <laughs> no, that. no, 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 <laughs> no that way! Is impressive. That it is that really is wow. Yeah, but you know, right. it's one of those things where if it ever felt like work, I mean, I said this right. in day one. If it ever feels like work, we're not going to do it. So exactly. No, God forbid, Mike Gordon. Would no, I am. Work, I'm against you know, God. Work. So, um, uh, so, yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Your episodes they come out once a week. Yep. Okay. Once wow. a week, every yep. Thursday. So, awesome. So so um. And some, and it's, so it's pretty awesome, and you know it's cool, and you know that's why we tell you. Keep oh, we going, definitely um, we have a lot to say. And, we're going to keep going. We're not going to stop. So yeah, you know what you should do, like you said, you bank up some shows for, and play yeah. them throughout the summer, type thing, and so that way you don't have to right. worry about it. You know that you could actually take the summer off, but your listeners think oh yeah we're right, still doing right. shows Let's yeah as long as you communicate with your listeners and you know um look most of people who uh like shows subscribe and so they're you know if they as long as they don't as long as they don't unsubscribe you know you're fine you know like right. if it's a month or two months all of a sudden they're like oh this is back cool you know like yeah it's a, it's sort of an automated process but one thing um to get into the subject of yours and one thing I think is, I'm glad you're doing this and I'm glad, you know, you're in it for the long haul is because, man, we need more, more positive stuff out there. We need more oh, positive absolutely. messages. Yes. We need more, more good vibes as, as your, your cover art says. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, um, so thank you for that alone, alone you know, because that you're is welcome. really necessary, I think. It is. It's absolutely. I mean, we, it was just palpable. You just, it was just 
just this depressive state, you know, you go to the grocery store and everyone's just, you know, you can't, no communication, everything. There's this like part of it is like dead. And it's like, oh my goodness, um, we have to do something here to help people. We both, uh, Sean and I both really were like, we need to have something come out that, you know, would bring joy to people, inspire and educate as well. So. And how, how's, how's the response? Have it has been uh, something? Because I would imagine that a lot of people are looking for something like this. this yeah, we've had some great response. Um, I have a friend out in the UK that says, oh, I love your show. It's one of my favorite shows I listen to all the time. Um, Sean has a, a couple friends that, a uh, couple guys that they love the show because, um, you know, one time in one of our episodes, we were talking about depression and um, we had mentioned about, you know, it's important to journal, even guys to journal. I mean, it's not just a girl thing. And one, she said someone, you know, a guy came up to her and said, I so appreciate that you did that. I, I feel better. You know, so she's getting, you know, we're both getting feedback that we're helping people and entertaining people. So that's exactly, that's the goal, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We'll keep it up with that. Um, I also want to talk about, yes, your, your book. Yeah. Uh, the book is called Gray Resort, right? Yeah, it's called A Gray Resort. It's, um, it came out summer of 2019. So um, that book is a labor of love. That's something that, oh my goodness, I spent some time to finish. It took about eight years. So it's set in a small northern town in Wisconsin where I grew up. I grew up on a summer resort on a lake. We had, uh, my parents had eight cabins and we had a pool and we had uh, all these people would come and stay for a week or two. And then, you know, they would leave. We would get new tenants in. So it was just, it was during the 70s and 80s. And it was just a really interesting, carefree time, right? It's, it's so different from today. Mm. And my parents loved to entertain. So, you know, they would, my dad would get his friends and get all these picnic tables set up together along the lake. And we would have everyone from the cabin, hey, would you like to come? You know, we're going to have a big party picnic. And they all would come. People from in town would come. Neighbors would come. I remember being a young girl bumping into people. <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it was a common occurrence. We would have these gatherings and my parent, my dad was the grill master. He loved to cook. He grilled out all this food. You know, some people would, um, you know, show up if they, they might've needed a meal, if they were hungry, no questions asked, fine, sit down. You know, there would always be plenty of food and we never ran out of food. And then afterwards, you know, my dad would get his guitar out and he would start playing his guitar and, you know, entertain. So that's how I grew up. And that was, uh, so I found that to be a very interesting premise. So the book is fiction, but also there's a couple elements to the book that it's paranormal too, because there was some kind of strange paranormal activity that happened around the resort. And I thought that would make an uh, interesting story. So the beginning uh, of the story is a girl goes fishing one day and um, she gets the shock of her life and you got to read the rest to find out what happens. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, and also congratulations because Mike, we're not just talking to an author in a podcast. We're talking about to a award-winning author. Here. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, the, so, the, the, the book won last year, right? 2020 American yes. Fiction Awards. That was something, I mean, you know, I entered a few contests and um, I actually forgot about it. <laughs> and it was like six months later, I got the email and said, um, yeah, it's American Fiction Awards. It was, it won, it was American Fiction Awards winner 
in the category of best romance slash paranormal. There was a lot of different categories, but I won in that one. So yeah, it was um, very exciting. I was um, very pleased with that. And uh, it just, it just makes me, it's like the icing on the cake, right? It's just like, (laughs) this is why, why I like to write. And um, it resonated with some people. And I do have like a small little following of people that are like, when is your second book going to come out? We love your book. And um, the reviews are great. And I I just looked today and I got another one. It was another five-star review um, saying that it was hard for them to put the book down. So that's, yeah, I know. To me, that's like a Christmas present. Seriously. So, So, but you are, you're not just a one hit wonder. You are working on a second book. Yes, absolutely. I, I it, it won't take eight years. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so there's actually been some good things that have happened because of the pandemic. Um, and being uh, the one thing is like creative, you know, all the creative stuff. And I had some time to be able to actually do the book. So it's finished. So I'm doing the hard part right now. And that's just kind of arranging the chapters, mm-hmm. uh, editing it, editing it to the point where it can go to an editor um, so I'm kind of doing like the hard part now, um, but I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for it to come out. Um, I'm introducing a couple new characters as well as uh, all the same characters uh, from the first book. Okay, so this, the- is, this, is a, this is a series, right? It's yes. not a completely different story, right? Yep, I'm planning on having it as a series. I plan on it being three, three books. So this will be book two, and the plan is to have it out either in October or November. I'm not sure. We haven't really confirmed a date yet. I still have to get it to my self-publisher, Book Baby. And, you know, it'll be a few months of back and forth, you know, with cover design and editing and um, uh, arrangings and things. So it takes some time, but yeah. Awesome. And then we'll see the movie coming out. Exactly. I'm crossing my fingers. I think it'd be, (laughs) I think it would be perfect. It'd be, I, I think it'd be a perfect Netflix movie. I mean, if they can it make would. Sharknado, right? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, All bets are off, right? Like, yeah. Right. Um, well, very cool. Well, Mike, I think uh, I think she's ready. Ready for the geek seat? Yeah. Yeah. Wendy, really? You think you're ready? I'll, I'll you know, take a stab at it, sure. <laughs> well, you know, you did survive uh, northern uh, Wisconsin. Oh, my so gosh. I think yeah, she, she can deal with that weather. Anything. She can deal with anything. Oh, the winters are exactly. brutal up there. <sighs> I I've heard I've heard uh, you've seen cheese curdle so it's okay <laughs> you know, I'm sure I love cheese curds I haven't had them in I a figured... while I live in Michigan now but um yeah cheese curds are good all right Wendy what was your favorite geek out moment I would have to say my favorite geek out moment would be in the movie A Star Is Born when uh, Bradley Cooper comes out there in his guitar and he's playing uh, the song Black Eyes in the opening scene. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> right there, huh? <laughs> Enough said right yeah. there. We don't need to go any further. <laughs> what was your most disappointing geek out moment? Oh gosh. Disappointing geek out moment. I would have to say, um, you know, I used to be a film buff somewhat, and I really enjoyed the movie Stepford Wives. Now, this was the one back in the 70s, and a very good. So, and when they remade the Stepford Wives, the one with Nicole Kidman, I was um, very underwhelmed. I thought that they could do a better job. It was more of a satire kind of a movie, and I thought it would be better 
um, more as a thriller, more of a scary one. So yeah, that's it, been a while since that one came out, but I remember being very underwhelmed when that came out. You were like, this is it? What am I yeah, watching? I you just know? thought, oh, they could have done so much better with it. I don't know. I could see that. So yeah, the, so we take it. Yeah, so for those people that are taking notes at home, uh, Star is Born, good remake. Stafford Wise, bad remake. <laughs> yes, yes, yep, exactly. What geeks you out the most? Um, I'd have to say Bradley Cooper with the beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being okay. honest. Yep. Well. But not Bradley Cooper as a raccoon. Got it. No. Okay, that makes no. Sense. That leads into the next question anyway. What turns your geek off? Oh, gosh. Um, I would have to say narcissism. Big turn off. Really? Mm-hmm. I could see that. Mm-hmm. And there's too many of those nowadays. Yes, there is. Way too yeah. many. I'd say. A lot of people that like to toot their own horn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I shouldn't say anything because I'm kind of doing that right now. So I, I should probably not. <laughs> no, no, it's allowed. You're allowed. We invited you. You're not like, you're just tooting it just to. Yeah. You're, you're just not calling us and go, hey, Mike and Mike, guess what? Toot away. Exactly. What fictional character would you like to meet the most? It's got to be Jackson Maine from A Star is Born. Um, wow. I, I'm seeing a theme. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, also, like, What's a close second? Uh, Rip on Yellowstone. I would, I would, I wouldn't mind meeting the Rip character in Yellowstone. He'd be okay. good too. Uh, cool. Also, Damon Salvatore from the uh, the Vampire Diaries. He'd be. I wouldn't oh. mind meeting him as well. Why we're going through it? Any other? <laughs> I think that would be it. <laughs> okay. All right. Just just making sure. Just a wide range there, from country to vampire. <laughs> What fictional character would you not like to meet? Um, Rez, uh, Rez Gavin from A Star is Born. I wouldn't care to meet him. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're not the only one, I think. With yeah. One. Very flawed yeah. Um, but... human being there. No. What is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or um, post? I would say... Uh, clear eyes, full hearts. Um, that was on Friday Night Lights. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Yeah, I, I like that one. Back when I watched Friday Night Lights, when that was popular. Mm-hmm. Great, great mm-hmm. uh, show, by the way. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. What is your ideal geek occupation? Um, being able to write full time. I would love to be able to do that full-time and get paid yes get paid (laughs) handsomely for it yes Yes. (laughs) so in other words you want to write the next outlander (laughs) that totally makes sense i've already written it it's just got to get discovered by the right people that's right exactly (laughs) what geek occupation would you not like to do um i would not like to be a personal assistant to tom cruise can you imagine? I don't know. No, I don't want to imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet no. he goes through those like like tissues. Yeah, yeah, I saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw him on video. Um, well, he was yelling at some assistant or whatever. I thought, oh boy, yeah, no, that wouldn't be good. Nope. 
All right, Wendy, are you ready for your final question? The geeks. Sure. This went really fast, actually. It went. It, you, you flew through these. What is your ultimate geek fantasy? Um, I would say uh, being able to write in a house, uh, the same house that was like in Twilight, big beautiful house in the middle of the woods, right next to water. Could do that all day long. That would be a fantasy of mine. Yep, having um, the Collins uh, bank account. Yeah, that would be nice yes. too. Sorry, I'm I'm waiting to see when Bradley Cooper is going to come into this. <laughs> yeah, well, he he'll be walking in delivering a pizza. Yeah, <laughs> I see. <laughs> Wait a minute, I think I saw that. Movie. Wait a second. <laughs> Well, Wendy, I've got great news for you. You've made it through the Geek Seat. Congratulations. Thank you. It was fun. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell the young lady what she's won. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $12.08. Awesome. Thank you. Enough for Bradley Cooper to bring a pizza. That'd be awesome. Can you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Not even a tip. But... uh, it was very cool. Very cool to have you on. Uh, where can people find the book? Where can people find the podcast? Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, um, you can go on my website, wendymcokeauthor.com, um, a gray resort. You can find me also on Amazon. You can look up my author name, Wendy Coke. It's spelled K-O-K. I'm on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target.com, Walmart.com, um, pretty much wherever you can buy books, really. And um, our podcast uh, is a juicypairpodcast.com. We're on all the directories, Spotify, Pandora, Alexa, um, all of them. Um, we also make it easy. You can just go on your phone to a juicypairpodcast.com and download an episode right from your phone. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we have links to all those in our show notes so that uh, people listening, all they have to do is click on the show notes and they can find out more about you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the station. Thank you. Have a good night. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment, and we are going to be looking at The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Hi, this is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. This past week, we got a great finale to Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. And minor spoiler alert here, I got something that I've been waiting to see ever since Steve Rogers handed Sam Wilson the shield at the end of Avengers Endgame. And we got to see Falcon become Captain America. I just love the new costume. I love how they incorporated the shield and the wingsuit from the Falcon, but now he's Captain America. And I also love that they wove in some deeper themes into this episode as well and did a great job wrapping up the series but also giving us more stuff to be excited about in the future thought it was great that they gave Bucky a nice redemption arc too and he and Sam are now good friends love to see them again together one of the most shocking parts I thought about the series was Shannon Carter kind of going to the dark side and I'm not totally sure how I feel about that I feel like we haven't really seen enough character development from her that that change seems kind of jarring but if they delve into that in future Disney Plus shows I could see that being kind of interesting 
as Falcon and the Winter Soldier ends, we also got a new fantasy series over on Netflix that I'm really loving called Shadow and Bone. This is based on a young adult fantasy series. It's sort of like a steampunkish fantasy based sort of on Russian culture mythology. It's really cool, has a great cast some cool settings and ideas that make it feel fresh. This isn't just like a Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings ripoff. It does a good job of becoming its own thing, and I think it's even better than the, some of the books, actually, that it's based on. I'm about halfway through this right now and really enjoying it, so I'd encourage you, even if you haven't checked out the books, this is a great series. And also, somewhat selfishly, I want it to do well because I really want a second season already. I'm not even through with the first and I can tell that these episodes aren't going to be enough. I'm going to want more. And that's it for this week's Box Office Buzz. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog on the ESO Podcast website. I'm lifelong ensign Charles Kelso. I'm Federation Envoy Keith Johnson. I'm Ferengi Counselor Veronica Dashiell. And I'm Andorian Mess Hall Cook R. Allen Siler. And we're the crew of Earth Station Trek. Join us for episode reviews, discussions of themes and characters, and all the news from across the Trekverse. Our logs cover the full gamut of Star Trek. From the groundbreaking original series to the future of the franchise on Paramount Plus. With lots of stops in between. Join our crew aboard Earth Station Trek for your regular podcast escape into the Trekverse. Go bald or go home! So, who would like to start? Mr. Barnes, why does Sam aggravate you? 15 seconds to drop! So what's our plan? Great. Superheroes cannot be allowed to exist. I have no intention to leave my work unfinished. The wall's upside down right now. Where do we start? so hard are you ready oh. is you ready, ready. okay you say you ready. what are you doing ready. are you having a staring contest are you ready? Ready. Is you ready just blank sweet jesus i mean how old are you hey everyone welcome back it's now time for our advertising segment and we are going to say hi to our friends over at nsc live tv nsclivetv.com is the comic book network created by geeks for geeks they are a premier network for all your comic book industry related needs featuring live sales comic shops creator podcasts 
cosplay, news, interviews. And that's right, folks. That's NSC Live TV. That's, of course, part of the Inked Marketing Program. Check them out at NSCLiveTV.com. Thank you for sponsoring the Earth Station One podcast. Of course, now I know you guys haven't been waiting for that. You are more waiting for this topic. We are about to touch on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yes, Disney Plus has done it again. Come out with another Marvel show. This was supposed to be the first one, uh, but due to, uh, you know, we'll call it pandemic reasons, um, it uh, got slated as the second Marvel show to air on Disney Plus. Um, and we're here to talk about it. Again, if you haven't seen it, we are going to go into spoilers. And uh, we've got a great crew to talk all about it, starting with two people who haven't been on the show in quite some time. Julie Philippek is here. Hello, hello. Howdy. How you been? I'm good. Uh, just <laughs> doing what I can, working out when I can, and, you know, seeing people when it's safe. Ah, good, good, good on you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've also got with us, this has been much too long of an absence, the geek father himself is joining us. Howdy. How y'all doing? All right. How you been? I'm all right. Just kind of been uh, plugging along with the Blurred Nerds and uh, over 200 and just to our 230th show. Congratulations uh, on that. Wow. Week. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, six years we've been doing this, man, and just having a blast every time. So. You guys are in the early stage still. Don't worry. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, me and Lil Bit are just like, you know what? Hey, man, let's just keep going. Let's rock it. Run it till the wheels fall off, baby. So let's get right into it. Uh, Julie, we'll start with you. Going into the series, what were your expectations? And overall, what what did you come away with? So I think one of the big things is after it switched from being the first to being the second um, that was coming out from Disney+, Plus, I don't think it really changed my expectations, but I found it interesting because Falcon and the Winter Soldier to me was going to be what was much more like what we expect out of Marvel. Um, it's going to be our, you know, superhero fighters on the ground, you know, fighting, you know, what might look like <clears throat> a Hydra or something very similar um, and things like that. Um, so, but with that change with the WandaVision, I was like, I didn't think it was going to get as much of a positive response just because WandaVision came out of nowhere, hit us all in the face and, and things of that nature. But Captain America is my favorite franchise out of all of the Marvel world. So I was thinking, all right, this is going to be great. And I love Falcon and I absolutely adore Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier. Um, So I knew I was going to enjoy it. And it hit a lot of topics I wasn't expecting them to hit because Marvel often tiptoes around some of these issues. And it was really exciting to see them actually take a hard stance and roll with it yeah yeah geek father what about you uh well i gotta agree with uh, julian on a lot of points uh i was really looking forward to this series because this is i'm also a big captain america junkie <laughs> like i've watched civil war and winter soldier so many times it's not even funny just the whole elevator fight scene is like <laughs> my jam but i was really looking forward to this one because i wanted to see how much of the uh, comic series that they would adapt into the show. I know like a lot of times previously Marvel has shied away from the more controversial storylines of the comics, like 
you know, uh, Tony Stark's alcoholism and his just kind of dereliction of duty on the job. Um, I didn't know if they were going to uh, bring in Isaiah Bradley and uh, bring his story to light being the Captain America after Steve and being imprisoned and just experimented on by his government, you know, uh, a, a lot of the Tuskegee, you know, experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was looking forward to that. I was looking forward to seeing uh, how they were going to get Sam to the point where he felt like he was worthy to carry that shield. And I liked how the um, Bucky was dealing with, you know, he PTSD, the man, he never had a chance to even deal with any of his, his traumas. Like he was winter soldier for decades, finally got freed from that, you know, mind control. And then he's just like, Oh, by the way, now that you're free, help us fight this galactic, you know, threat. It's about to wipe out half of the universe. Cool. All right. So he just jumps into that. And then he just, he doesn't have ever chance to really, when he finally gets a chance to uh, come to terms with all the stuff he's going through. I, that's why he's in therapy. He needs help. <laughs> So, I mean, it was interesting to see that. And I just, I liked how they, they added the whole, uh, you know, social, racial, wealth, in, you know, inequalities and disparities. And they, they addressed that. I think they, they did a fairly good job of it. So, I mean, all in all, I thought it was pretty good. So, plus, I mean, Sam in that suit. Mm. <laughs> it's a, I got to say, it's the most comic accurate suit I think the MCU has done. Like, yeah, it's comic, pretty spot on. It, like it's almost a hundred percent. Like just they could have given the guy a cap on the top of his head though, because <laughs> give him a vibranium suit in the one spot, it's like his head, the top of his head. Yeah, See, pretty vulnerable. Protect right there, your right? brain, I would think. But <laughs> it's, it's a small thing, whatever. But, yeah, uh, that was good. Mike, what about you? Well, you know, like Julie and the Geek Father, I also have enjoyed Captain America for many, many years. And, you know, I loved reading the winter soldier. I loved seeing Falcon become Captain America. Hell, Bucky became Captain America for a while in the comics too. But, you know, I think it was more appropriate though for the MCU to do make Falcon Captain America. And, it was neat that he for himself felt like he had to earn it and feel felt like he wasn't worthy of it at the beginning of the show. And during the process of the show, you got him growing into the role. And by the sixth episode, when he broke through that window in that costume, it was like, yeah, that was just like, (laughs) it was just, it was just awesome. And like you guys said, Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier has been awesome. He played in this series such a character going through basically, you know, PTS, you know, PST, you know, and it was just amazing to see the nightmares that he was having and how he was trying to deal with it and how, you know, he's a hundred year old man. You know, and he is a man out of time, you know, and kind of how Steve Rogers was. So it was really interesting to see, but there was no reason for him to go back for into time for anything, you know, and it was, it was amazing to see that and to see 
a villain who truthfully wasn't really somebody that you could really hate at points. You actually saw their point of view. And that's a sign of a true villain is, you know, they don't see themselves as the bad guy. They think them sees themselves a lot of time as the hero of the story. And you got that with the flag smashers in this. And it was really amazing to see. And, you know, you got to see the birth of U.S. Agent. Yes. Mm. Which was Oof. awesome. I didn't expect that at first. But then when you start seeing the trailers and you saw the new Captain America and you're, go, you're going, that's John Walker. I know where that's going. Yeah. And, but the way they did it, and we'll talk about that in a few, but it was just awesome. And not only was Captain America's new costume comic accurate, you had a U.S. agent costume that was it completely screen accurate also which was mwah. it was just it was just it was awesome i uh yeah i thought this was going to be um sort of more uh, i think as julie was kind of hinting at that this was going to be your standard action oriented thriller that we've been getting with the captain america movies you know particularly right um, so, um, it was going to be very different than WandaVision, a very different experience. Um, and it was, um, and as we know that I, you know, I liked WandaVision a lot, but I don't think, I didn't feel like they stuck the landing on that one. Um, and there was some things on that one that I was not as happy about. So I, I, I don't know. I wasn't expecting, um, I was expecting just a lot more action, um, uh, a lot more, not very, uh, deep certainly relevant discussions uh, as came up in this one. Um, as far as comics goes, you know, even though I'm not like huge Marvel zombie, I am aware of, uh, you know, um, John Walker and the U.S. agent history. I'm aware of uh, the Truth series. I, I remember buying that um, off the rack at the time. Um I, I'm sort of aware of Flag Smashers, but not really. But of course, they're really different in this iteration, I think. Um, I also knew that we were getting uh, Baron Zemo again, uh, perhaps Baron Zemo for real. Um, and also that uh, um, that we would also see, uh, what's her name? Um, Carter, Lady right? Hydra. No. Uh, Sharon Carter. Carter. Sharon yeah. Carter. I also knew that we would see Sharon Carter in that because even though, even though she doesn't show up until like, what is it? The third episode, she's in like the opening or she's in the credits and everything. So you're like, Oh, when is she going to finally show up? Um, so, you know, that all this mix of stuff, I'm like, man, how are they going to, it's only six episodes too. It's shorter. Um, how are they going to like handle all this stuff? Well, um, they did an amazing job. Um, overall, I was, I did not expect it to be, this sort of relevant deep discussion about um, uh, you know, what Sam's going through is, is so, um, you know, and the way they wrote it and I know some things were changed pan post pandemic or whatever, but um, the way they wrote it, it was just such a, a, a revelant discussion. I thought um, especially, and you know, the John Walker us agent took on so many um things like it signified so much that i i i could i didn't expect that, that they would handle um the flag smasher stuff i think was the weakest part for me um it 
I, I didn't, even though I like the actress, um, I didn't really get them. Uh, I didn't think they developed them very well. Um, Sharon Carter's storyline took me by surprise, not at the end, uh, but sort of along the way. Um, and, uh, you know, seeing Julie Louise Dreyfus was amazing. Uh, so <laughs> like that was the, that was like the cherry on top of the big surprise. Like I was like, Oh my God. And, and we get Julie Louis Dreyfus in the MCU. How incredible is that? So, um, so let's get a little bit more specific. Uh, Julie, we'll start again with you. Like what is something, an aspect of the show, a scene, uh, or a sequence that you really, really, um, responded to in this show? Um, oh, that's, that's difficult. I, I do think that I really enjoyed the, the scene in episode, uh, four post John Walker using his shield to, to kill somebody. Um, and with the blood on the shield, just in front of everyone, but the scene after when they're having that conversation and then that fight sequence that happens afterwards, I found it found it very interesting of how Bucky and and Sam were fighting versus how uh, John was fighting because he was fighting to kill. They're fighting to just get the shield back. There was a lot of people had this conversation of, well, the Winter Soldier is supposed to be this badass, sorry, <laughs> and and all of that kind of thing. And then they come to find out, and it's like, well, he's trying not to kill John. Like that's the whole the whole point is that he's changed his style of fighting because he's trying to be a good guy. Um, and one of his, you know, three things that he's not supposed to do anymore is not kill. So I I found that very very good. And then obviously Sam wiping the blood off of the shield once he picks it back up is just it was kind of heart wrenching because he saw what happened with him giving up the shield. The shield was sullied um, because of what happened with John Walker. So, ooh. oh, yeah. that was so wow. That sequence where, you know, I think, I, I mean, we don't see it outright, but I mean, we're led to believe that he decapitated the guy, right? Or at least did a lot of damage. And that sequence where he's just there with the blood on the shield and everything that happens afterwards is is so iconic now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one of the most iconic images that's come out of Marvel in, ever. Right. Oh, him standing with the blood on the shield. and But that also showed that, you know, there is no, in the world, you, everything is getting caught on video or pictures. Everyone has mm-hmm. phones. Everyone has their own studio in their hand. And it's just, it's just amazing. And I'm just, you know, it's just crazy to see something like that. And, you know, to be able to witness that and having all those people around them in the thing. Because, oh, look, it's Captain America. He's chasing after somebody. Oh, my God, that's Captain America. Something like that would have made a great comic cover. (laughs) Oh, God, yes. Like, if I'd seen that on the show, I'd be like, I want that issue. Because whatever's (laughs) happening there, I need to know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when you see like that because I've seen issues of Batman when he has a gun. You're like, um, something's wrong here. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, that's not Batman. Well, exactly. <laughs> and, and it's funny because like when we were watching that, Judy was like, Mm-mm. Steve Rogers would never do that. Steve yeah, and would that was never, the whole thing. Ever, the whole ever, se- everything with John Walker was no. everything that he chose to do. Steve wouldn't choose to do, and part of it was John Walker was the soldier, and Steve Rogers was a good man. Steve Rogers that, was still the soldier, though, too. 
Well, so it, the difference is, mm-hmm. is uh, Steve was this 90 pound, just nothing. He came from no power. He was weak and he'd been abused and people who were powerful, you know, took that out on him. So he knew what it was to be powerless and try to fight against the powerful. Mm-hmm. Or so when he became powerful, he had compassion and empathy and understanding for the people who he used to be. And now he's this man with this power and he's got this, I guess, you know, you know, I, the Spider-Man quote, you know, this responsibility, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. I thought you were going to say he had America's ass, Obviously. you know. Well, <laughs> he's got that too. Come on, man. Come on. I think you bounce a quarter off that thing. Steve, uh, of course, is not in this at all. And yet his shadow is in every single frame of this, right? Like oh. everyone's like, is, is Steve on the moon? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I was like, and I'm like, it's a running joke. But I, in my mind, I'm like, no one Kevin Feige, no one Marvel. I swear to God, they're going to pan up. It's going to be like Secret Invasion or something. And you're going to see him and uh, Nick Fury just chilling on the moon. Old Cap, he's going to be like, everyone thinks I'm up here. You know that, right, Nick? And he's like, well, let them think so. And like, but they're right. I thought you were going to say he's up there with uh, Stan and Uatu. Like, <laughs> Yeah, right? That would be great. That would be great. Mm. Like, I'm just watching now. I'm just chilling. Yeah. Um, I, like yeah, we don't know where Steve is. That's kind of a uh, a mystery still. Um, so that's not explained. But for all intents and purposes, he's not around. He's he, you know he's he's not going to come back and get the shield. It's not like it, it, it was given to. Um, man, there's so many good moments in this. Like uh, you yeah. know when when they talk about how uh, you know when Bucky's ragging, like for the first three episodes, he's ragging on uh, Sam for not getting, not uh, having the shield, like giving it away. And, uh, and then he realizes, you know, especially after meeting with Isaiah, like he's like, you know, you know, when Steve and I talked about you getting the shield, which is a good, was an amazing thing. Cause we didn't know that yes. happened. Right. Yes. Um, yes. But when we talked about it, we had no idea what that would have meant. Like they just didn't know at all. I uh, love they that they, they were they it to a dude. Yeah. yeah, I love that they addressed that because, I mean, as as a black man, I just I love the stuff that they hit upon. Like even you know Falcon, Sam Wilson, this great hero, helped save the galaxy from Thanos, and just this hero, you know, an Avenger, and he has trouble getting a bank loan. Yeah, like so many other minorities in America, you know, in the world, just. Hey, yeah, thanks for saving the world. High five, can I get an autograph? But you can't get the bank loan denied. You know, like the guy denied his loan and then st- still tried to be like, hey, can you get a selfie? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, uh, dude. And, it's like- and historically, that's what, I mean, yeah, after World War II, when they all came back, they thought they were going to get like, you know, treated the differently. The welcome and nope, they didn't. They didn't. Well, more Vietnam than World War II or anything. Well, but- I mean, for the, the for the minority soldiers that fought, it was the same whether it was Vietnam or World War II. I think it was the same for after every war. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. But it, but it was interesting because even like that bank scene, you know, couldn't you talk to you know the Stark Pepper. Foundation and or Pepper Potts about you know getting a loan He's or too proud man? He's too proud. He, doesn't, right. he shouldn't. He shouldn't. The yeah. point is, he shouldn't need to go to Pepper. He shouldn't need to go to Stark Industries, right? Like yeah. that's just it's it's bold. And, and but now we know. But now we know the Avengers pay crap, right? That's <laughs> I love that. They're like, so how does it work? Does Stark pay? He's like, no, nah, it doesn't to, work that way. I was like, what do you mean they did all that for free? To, that's some heroicness right there. To be, yeah. 
to be fair, he's been like eight years off the team because there is the five years of the snap and then the three years where he was on the run um, after Civil War. Yeah, maybe so. he never, maybe he never got them them Avengers paychecks. Maybe he's got a, a stack of back checks <laughs> that are just trying just trying to clear through like you know you know have, you know, finances. Yeah, All that red tape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um yeah again that's we will again just like Captain America we don't know what the status of the Avengers is. They're pretty much a, at this point, I think they're, especially with WandaVision, add, add that to it. They're pretty much a dead team. Like they're, they don't exist right now as, as well, the Avengers, I think right? Their, their headquarters was demolished. Uh, <laughs> their leader was killed, you know, heroically died to save the world. Uh, you know, you got black widow. She sacrificed herself. But you're and they're they're all, on a bit of hiatus. Yeah. They're all, some of them are fractured <laughs> yeah. and broken. Others just they need some recovery time. They they've been high octane all go no stop for years, and it's like, hey man, cut us a break. Get <laughs> someone else to solve your problems. We're tired of avenging. We need a we need some rest. Uh, Geek Father, mm-hmm. what about you? What's something um, a storyline, a scene, sequence that uh, really resonated with you in the series? Uh, what I liked is not like the, uh, the action sequences are Marvel. I mean. They're always going to be spot on with those for the most part. Top it's notch. Top notch. Yeah. The whole last episode, just when Falcon and the shield and he's flying and doing the tricks with the shield. Ugh. I was like, yes, thank you. Yes. All this. Yes. All day. Uh, but the parts that really resonated with me were, were John Walker watching his, like he already, you know, he oh. got this career soldier, you know, he's captain in the Marine Corps. And my father was in the army for 22 years, he served two tours of Vietnam. Uh, combat soldiers are a whole different kind of person, mm. whole different kind of animal. And I think first the U.S. government should have known you take a Marine captain who's served in Afghanistan and seen seen some stuff. I mean, three medals of honor. First off, nobody gets more than one. That's that's military regulations. No one gets more than one. If you do anything else that approaches that level, they give you like distinguished service crosses. That just but I know they did this for, you know, dramatic effect, right. three medals of honor. So the guy has seen some stuff and he's got here with his partner and you could tell he wasn't all there. Like there was little things under the surface that were just, you could see they were just mm-hmm. little things snapping in his brain one at a time. And I like how they showed the physical progression of him falling apart as how his facial hair kept getting more and more by the end of the it just it was like a little stubble by the end he had this full-on beard and he was just like and he was twitching and his neck was jerking and you're just like he had like and he took the serum and all it did was just amplify what already was there like they've always said if you're a good person mm-hmm. you're you know a better person if you are all there and you're, you have some tendencies to break bad you're gonna break worse and i mean it's just a matter of time all that pressure got on him, especially when he kept getting his butt kicked. Like every fight he was in, he just got owned. Oh, and yeah. you could tell. I knew when the Dora Milaje came in <laughs> and tore him a new one. And like Bucky was like, you know, was it he? John Walker says you have no. You're yeah, you look good there, John. And John's like, you've got no, you've got no. Uh, what is it? Yeah, he's got, you not. You, got, yeah. you don't have any authority here. Yeah, you have any authority here. She's like the door Malaje have authority wherever the door Malaje <laughs> find themselves to be. I was like, that is the stone cold hardest line ever. Like that is that is like I'm a bad m effort dude. I got the swagger. You can't handle this. And they mm-hmm. tore him up. And then you could tell he was like, 
they're not even super soldiers. He's like, I'm taking the serum. I don't yeah, care. like that. You do it. You're like, oh, he's got it in his pocket. He's going to go off scene. He's going to stab it in his hip. And he's going to be like, Roid Rage, you know? And that's exactly what happened. He, yeah. when poor Battlestar took one for the team and died, sent him over the edge, and it was it. Oh, mm-hmm. the look on his face when Battlestar died. And yeah. It was, a, it was, was like just his like, one oh. last friend. Like, they survived this horror together and war. And it was his buddy. It was his battle buddy. The bond that soldiers who experienced stuff like that share. That's serious. And, I mean, when he died, that was, he, he broke. And you could still see signs of it. Like, he, he you know, was standing in front of the, the congressional hearing. They deposed him and took the Captain America title away from him. And he was just like, I am Captain America. Like, he just, you could tell he's going to be troubled down the line. Oh, yeah. Because when they made him U.S. agent, he just... Like, if that had happened to Steve, Steve would have just been very stoic and this is a very somber moment. My responsibilities, I need to handle this right way. He was just like, yeah, woo, yeah, I'm back. Let's do it. You know, it was like, uh Yeah, well, exactly. The final scene with him in it where, you know, he's with his wife and he's going redemption, basically, you know. Yeah. And it was just like, no, no. I didn't feel like, you know, I I saw that criticism online that people thought that, you know, he didn't really get, um, there were no consequences for him. Um, And first of all, if, if like 50 people hadn't filmed it, I don't think, I think he'd still be Captain America. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the government would have just been like, okay, well, let's not do that again. Right. Um, or okay, that's your care. one person you get to kill. Don't don't kill any more people. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but that said, you know, I mean, I don't like, going in. I don't feel like he's a a great guy, and I don't think anybody else feels he's a great guy. Sure, I mean, he saved a a truckload of people um, instead of going after the bad guys. But um, you know, the his 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 change to U.S. agent at the end, especially with. Uh, you know, Madam Hydra there does not suggest that his path is going to be a righteous one. <laughs> but I think that that with the introduction of Madam Hydra or Leviathan or whichever way you want to go with it, sure. Um, I think that she's you been know, so many you, things. Yeah, <laughs> now you've got the introduction of U.S. Agent. I'm thinking, you know, with rumors I've heard and things that are going on, Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts or Dark Avengers. But yeah, yeah I'm thinking. Because, yeah. you know, they sent Zemo to the raft and we all know Thunderbolt Ross was in charge of the raft. And, you know, yeah. somehow, you know, yeah. Lady, you know, Madam Hydra is going to be involved. And uh, we're on like, okay, Sharon Carter is the power broker, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, which is that I didn't, I don't think that worked that well because I wanted to know. Mm-mm. Because she just was gone for like all these movies and then it just shows up and suddenly she's this. I understand her being on the run, but now she's this kingpin of the underworld. She's this power broker. I'd like a, maybe an episode to show me how, or why, and or and what her motivations are for like, that. I, I find it hard to believe that Steve and company would just let her rot. Yeah, you know, like, like just, just like be like, oh, yeah. we don't need to worry about her. Yeah, uh, I mean, I yeah. can see why they didn't take her into battle. Like, you know, going yeah. up against hey, Thanos. We're going, yeah, it's like, Sharon, I don't think you can really bring anything to the team. I don't think guns are, I don't think bullets are going to work against this guy. But, but you know, you're on the, no. she's on the phone. I'm like, okay, who's she talking to? And there's, there's rumors there's out there people, that yeah. the person on the other end of the line um, 
was a classic Spidey villain, mm. Norman Osborn. Yeah. But now there is also a conversation that she is so deep undercover that she is like pretending to be the power broker, but is actually like undercover. Right. That. Trying to, she's like <laughs> or, CIA deep undercover. Trying or she to just could be a scroll. That's also. But I think that's I think that's all these people like trying to make up for the fact that they don't want to believe that Sharon Carter has gone bad. Yeah, oh, Sharon Carter broke bad, but she's <laughs> Peggy. She's Peggy's grandniece. That can't. What? She's, no, she's, she's Steve's niece, right? Yeah, yeah technically. <laughs> he kissed her. Maybe that broke her. Maybe he's she's, kissing her. Yeah, she's she's just <laughs> mad like, at Steve. This is all a vendetta right. against Steve yeah. Rogers. Screw Steve Rogers. My <laughs> uncle Frenched me. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but people say she could be a scroll because you know what she's doing Secret is so invasion is coming. So out of character for her. People are like, well But like if she was a scroll, she wouldn't need to worn that mask thing, you know. A mask on a mask? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe she did. Maybe she pulled like the Robert Downey Jr. from uh from Tropic Thunder, mask on a mask. Mike, what's uh, what's a storyline or scene uh, that you appreciated in this? Oh, there were so many of them. Truthfully, it you know you had this was great because this showed so many different sides to the main characters, and you got introduced to Sam's family you got to see you know bucky you got to see you know what's going on with him one of the worst dates ever (laughs) (laughs) and it was he did bring flowers flowers. because but then he had like a total ptsd episode oh yeah but you have to remember he's a 1930s type of guy and you know he's also it proves that he is a geek he did read the hobbit yeah, in 1937. That was one of my favorites. Like it met my two loves, Marvel uh-huh. and Lord of the Rings. But you know, he had to have been a hardcore so geek because 1937, the Hobbit, it, the Hobbit was released. In. It just came out. It was only like released in Europe, like in England. And it was like, yeah. So he would have had to have been like, like, <laughs> you know, getting it shipped on a boat from you know <laughs> England, whatever, waiting for it like a nerd in the mail, you know. Well, he was a nerd because he took Steve to the Expo Center, a double date to the Expo Center, and he was upset that there are no yeah. flying cars. <laughs> yeah, He's a huge he nerd. But it, there, there's a few different storylines. I actually enjoyed, for the most, the Flag Smashers. I thought it was so much better done and more realistic than in the comics. And it gave them a cause. They were... They were kind of very happy with what Thanos had done. The world to them was a more just place that there was no poverty. There was no hunger. There was because half the people on the planet were gone and they wanted to keep it that way. And that was their cause. And it was, it was just interesting, you know, them coming through and, you know, having all the supporters. They even had their, you know, Hail Hydra moment, you know, like that scene at the park in episode five, you know, and the, the, she just pushed the button calling everybody. Almost everyone in the park stood up, even like kids, and you know, and it was just like, whoa, you know, all these people are, you know, 
on for her cause. It was it was just really awesome. Yeah, the the new Hail Hydra is one world, one people, right? Exactly. Right. And you had all those downtrodden people who, you know, had been railing against the the system and being beat down consistently. Finally, uh, you know, after the snap, had an opportunity to be like, well, hey, what's up? All this space, all this room, all these places to live, we can cross borders, and all these countries needed help because, you know, your, mm-hmm. your population, your population just disappears. And I'm sure some countries are hit harder than others because of the randomness of it. So you had people just moving across borders and everyone's holding hands and getting along. And it's kumbaya. It's like, we're in this together. And then, you know, the Avengers are like, hey, we saved the world. Everyone is back. You're welcome. And some people were like, no, man, you just messed it all up for me. Mm-hmm, exactly. And these people all came back and it's it put such a strain on the system. And I do like how the show did address some of this. Mm-hmm. I don't think deep enough for me i would right. like to see more you know oh it it, it yeah. touched on it it it's, didn't go yeah. all that deep it's farther than marvel typically yeah. goes and it's impressive that a disney property is being allowed to address mm-hmm. these topics yeah and exactly I, and, and i think speaking of that i think for me uh the main storyline of sam becoming captain america to me that's what this series is about Oh and, yeah, of and, course. And they go, mm-hmm. um, but to the extent of how deeply they go into that, um, especially bringing up Isaiah, which I did not expect going in, um, to enter to weave that into that storyline, I think was just done brilliantly and so powerfully, and at a time when I think you know we need to be reminded of it. Um, especially last week, um, which was really weird, but, um, you know, and, and you get, I think the best casting of all, uh, was, uh, casting Carl Lumley as Isaiah. Like that guy to me is one of the best actors period. And for him, like the performance he gave, even some of the clunky dialogue that they gave him, I mean, he made work. Um, and, uh, you know, to me, like when he says, just as iconic as that that shield scene, you know, when he says to Sam, like, they're never going to let a black man be Captain America and no self-respecting black man would ever be Captain America. Like, that's a pretty that's a that's a that's a heavy, powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and and one that Sam has to think about. And Sam ultimately decides that he's going to do it. But he knows that there's some baggage with that. Oh yeah, yeah he even addresses that in his his speech. You know, yeah. he's like, "I can see, I feel the eyes on me now. I feel it. You guys are looking at me and judging me." Oh yeah, you have the a whole world Which I was looking like, at him. Like a Marvel Disney Plus show is doing this. Like I I I applaud them big time for that oh, because that is so great. It shows they have a lot of trust in Kevin Feige. I would think at this point, he's like, yeah. "Hey, trust me," and they're like, "Okay, you haven't steered it wrong yet." So. Yeah, they yeah, that, that Kevin has carte blanche. Like, you know, yeah. when they said, like, you want to do some TV shows? And he's like, yes. And they're like, just do whatever you want. I don't, I they, I think I, uh, yeah, I read a, an interview with um, uh, the showrunner, uh, Malcolm Spellman, and he was like, we, get, we don't get notes from Disney. We don't get notes. They just, whatever we want to do, we can do. <laughs> Disney's like, here, just here's a blank check. We signed it. <laughs> Whatever amount you think is appropriate, use that. We trust it. Kevin Feige, you know, signed up on it. We're good to go. 
You guys want to go to Czechoslovakia? Go to Czechoslovakia. Yeah, right. Check what Prague do it. Prague in the middle <laughs> of a pandemic. We don't. It's fine. So I'm curious. I'm I'm curious. Um, do we think that we're going to continue to see things move in this direction with covering a lot more, you know, topics that usually we kind it depends of on the storyline. I'm sure you're going to see that in well, the Shing Shai movie that's coming out in yeah. September. Mm-hmm. Ching Chi, and you're also gonna see. I don't know what to expect of the Loki show. That looks just bonkers. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's like a it's like a time bureau. Yeah, it's like, we, hey, the Avengers and you kind of bust time. Like, so we, we both thought that one division was we, crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we probably wouldn't get it out of Loki. We could probably get it in the Shang Chi. We can probably get it out of She Hulk. I would oh, think. Oh, I can't wait and, for that one, especially because. Uh, with her being a lawyer and covering all of these different superhero, See, that's you know, topics. what I've been waiting for for the longest time is like you see these superheroes doing this superhero stuff and wrecking things, like flattening cities. Like somebody's got to be sued for that. I would think you know Jennifer <laughs> Walters. You know, do you have superhero problems? Did you wreck a building? Or did you flatten a train? Well, you can get help with that. Come to Jennifer Walters, you know, superhero attorney in law. You know, I can see her her ambulance chasing commercials, <laughs> like a kind of better call, call salt. <laughs> exactly, yeah. better call Jennifer Walters. Yeah. Exactly, it'll be very interesting to see where they do go with it and if they do stay politically active. Because there's a lot of movies coming out where they can touch on it, and. I'm going to also be, I was also curious to see, I know they had to stop production on this halfway through. Yeah. So I wonder how much of the storyline was changed because of that. Well, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Julia. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, I believe the one storyline was about some sort of virus. Yeah. uh, If I recall correctly. So obviously a good bit changed. I actually think they might've changed some of that social commentary. And I don't want to say that as I, Isaiah Williams was brought in afterwards, but I do want to, I do think that they probably focused on that a bit more after the, the pandemic hit than, than they might have if that hadn't have happened. Right. That's my guess. Yeah. I don't know if we'll ever truly know. Um, I hope they do a making of like they did with one division. I hope they release that like in the next week or so, that would be really cool. Um, can't get out of here without talking about dance and Zemo. Uh, or Zemo, oh, uh, right? That's the uh, best. <laughs> Him and his Turkish oh. delights. <laughs> those are so gross. Zemo. Yeah, it's like, what? Everyone wants one? No, that's why he's disgusting. a bad guy. Yeah. Have you seen the line exactly. of the Winter Wardrobe? Yeah. Uh, we all know about Turkish delight. I think Zemo, like, I liked Zemo in uh, Civil War. I thought he was good, but I think he's better here. Uh, I think he's more nuanced. He's a lot more interesting. He has a lot of power and they actually show how he has that. And it's not just, it's not just a guy who's upset about his family. It's, oh no, he has, you know, things at his disposal. People listen to him in Madripoor. He has this butler who does anything <laughs> he's got for him. He, he's like, Baron, he's, he's Baron Batman. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're like, where'd you get all this? How'd you do all this? He's like, I'm a Baron. I'm rich. What are you talking about? Just making this, this stuff up? And it's wonderful that they made him trustworthy enough 
to get you know to have Sam and Bucky like willing to trust him to a certain to a certain degree but then at the same time you're always wondering he's like he's going to be 10 steps ahead of you yeah so I don't know what you think yeah, they you're going to get out of this but I, yeah, I thought they were just the line because they both had they all had the same interest in stopping the flag smashers because Zemo is like yeah no more super soldiers and you know Bucky and Sam are also like hey yeah no this in the hands of yeah. These people could be really dangerous. So, oh, the scene where he was stepping all over the super soldier formula and smashing oh, yeah. all the vials. Man, what an immense! Because, like, for a second there, who's not thinking? Oh, he's going to take it. Yeah, I was like, <gasps> oh, he's going to, he's uh, going to juice something. Like, no more no. super soldiers. But I mean, but he he believes it. On. He yeah. doesn't just say it. He's he believes no. it. He's like, nope. I'm. It's, it's against everything. He's got his convictions, which was makes part of a good villain, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly, and oh, the scene where he was on top of the crate when he put the mask on for the first time—that was mm. awesome. Oh, like, that did was it actually like... see it with the coat and the yeah. fur. Like I'm like, that's Baron Z. <laughs> that was just—it was just awesome. And it's like, God, that mask must smell from being in that car for all that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, it smells like corn chips and feet. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he was a great, great character. And even like, you know, you never knew when he was going to pronounce. You just didn't know what he was going to do. Even the scene when he was talking to the little girl and says, you know, and he was like, don't answer any of those people questions. They're very bad men. And it's just like, oh, what a jackass, you know? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, they don't give you candy. But it. But he he knows exactly what he needs to say, exactly when he needs to say it in order to get his way. And it's brilliant to see someone who has that kind of forethought. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, he still completes his mission. Right. He gets rid of all the super soldiers, except for, I think, in his mind, too. I don't think he knows about Isaiah. So I I think Isaiah is pretty safe. Steve didn't even know about Isaiah. Right. Right. That was one of the government's dirty little secrets. Just that's. That is the one unfortunate thing. What I would think would have been a powerful moment is if old Steve met up with Isaiah and had a conversation. Like if they were going to have a cameo with Steve Rogers, that's what I was hoping that would happen. We didn't get that. There's still opportunities since we're going to be looking at a Captain America 4. But um, that was just Julie, what I was thinking. you and me are on the same wavelength over here. <laughs> I'm picturing the scene in my head right now. I don't know, know if I'm scared or not right there. Just have an, old, you know, have an old Steve, you know, just kind of walking up the stairs, knocking on his door. And, you know, Isaiah opening the door and Steve just being like, with that tear coming out, like that stoicness <laughs> that only Steve Rogers can exhibit. But the tear, just the eyes wet <laughs> with emotion, just. I'm sorry, you know, apologizing for the entirety of the United States. Yeah, I didn't know. And then, you know, Isaiah just been like, with that lip quivering, you know, he doesn't want to, doesn't want to forgive him, but he's just like, oh, damn it, Captain America. And then they do a super soldier hug. Yeah, it's like, you hear like bones crack, you know, which old guy can hug the other old guy the hardest. Turns into a competition. They start arm wrestling later. You it's know, it's a bear hug contest. Yeah, they go out back. They start working in the garden. You but, know, it's a nice little moment. But it just be so good because, like, Steve legitimately didn't know because it was after he was in the yeah. ice. So, and then with the government covering it up, like the only thing that I 
am surprised at is that it didn't come out with the shield le- uh, leak when they were leaking oh. all the records. It just might not have been under shield's purview. So maybe that's why it didn't show up there. Um, but, you know, he really didn't know because the government hit it so well. Well, they probably um, just erased his existence. Was- just to the well, that's what, that's what they said they did. Yeah. Yeah, they literally exactly. erased them from yeah. history, and then, even as even yeah. as well, even as White thought he was dead. Yeah, yeah. It's just Shield. I would think has better records, than the <laughs> right? Government. I would um, think Nick Fury would be able to find <laughs> Nick anything. Fury would be like, uh, I'm interested in this. Yeah. <laughs> At one time in second um, grade, where you stole that Snickers, <laughs> yeah, we saw you. <laughs> but. But yeah, I just I um I just think that it would be such a a good moment to to have that kind of reconciliation because there's you know he has that that thing against that mantle of Captain America, but you know at the same time Steve Rogers is not really the government, so it'd be interesting to have that conversation. Yeah, most definitely, as we've uh, seen with WandaVision and this series as well, um, Marvel TV series don't really have finales; they have to be continued <laughs> like um they do a pretty good mm-hmm. job in this one and wrapping things up so in this one uh at you know we've got you guys mentioned uh things coming up that are, are going to spawn out of this uh possibly uh captain america 4 possibly a captain american where soldier series uh you know second series uh possibly uh we've got we've talked about the thunderbolts we've mentioned uh possibly dark avengers uh, possibly secret invasion could be referenced might, in this. There might be a connection to armor wars. Okay, where where do you yeah. see that? Well, with you know, Sharon was on the phone and she's like, Sharon. "I have access to his weapons and technology." Ah, uh, I got just two before. Okay, gives him a backdoor into you know getting Stark tech and it getting in the hands of the wrong people. But you yeah. also have in this Young Avengers too. Mm-hmm. That's uh, yeah. I yes. was going to mention that because we do get uh, we get to, do get to see uh, you know in the comics he turns into Patriot right like yep. uh, yeah. yeah and he has Captain yeah. America's original shield the one that looks like a, a true shield yeah. oh yeah, yeah yeah that's never been introduced in the MCU mm-hmm. though I don't he I mean, had it'd be cool to have it, it he had it he had it in the first movie he, actually yeah. and yeah it was it just was, like a prop uh, yeah. it was yeah. just made a prop. out of yeah yeah but I'm sure hey, those Wakandans would be like. We can make you a shield. <laughs> we can do it, but it won't uh, be cheap, you know. <laughs> uh, I don't know where we're going to see U.S. Agent again, uh, but we probably will. Um, while we're mentioning it, I think uh, big shout out to Wyatt Russell. I think this is a show that makes him. Oh, he did a great job. Uh, if you didn't know who yeah, Wyatt Russell, absolutely. if you just thought, hey, he's got Russell's kid. Now I think he's Wyatt Russell. Like, I think everybody yeah. you know, will watch this. Well, is like, he definitely... He definitely inherited the acting chops from his parents. Oh. Like the kid is like, yeah, he's Kurt Russell's kid. Kurt Russell, I love Kurt Russell's movies. He's just Kurt Russell. You know who doesn't love Big Trouble in Little China? Come on, you know, that's like <laughs> you, you, don't think, it. you don't see any Goldie a, in him. <laughs> well, yeah, she's a great actress too. But I mean, I think you know he just. And the funny thing is, he's playing a character so against his type. Like, he's just kind of this Beach Boy surfer, like, what's up, dude? Yeah, me and my wife cruise around in a VW bug, whatever. Just kind of live on the land, man. You know, and you see him when he's not working. His hair's all long, and he's just kind of, like, shaggy looking. But in this, he's just this, you know, clean-cut, straight-laced super soldier. And you're just like, man, he's doing a fantastic acting job. And it's just a shame of the hate he was getting 
Like oh. He's just playing a character, guys. Calm down. Well, yeah. uh, you know, that, yeah. that's the other thing, too. I mean, after the events of, you know, we saw the blood in the shield, we were horrified. There were a lot of people online I saw that were like, yeah, he did the right thing. They were on his side. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I think you're missing the point there, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not supposed to murder in cold blood, yeah. I think. You know, I well, you had a lot of people, you know, coming down on the show, but, you know, just come out and say it because there's a black Captain America now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Some folks are. They don't understand the whole, the nature and the well, origin of comics or a lot of these superheroes and characters yeah. are created by people who were downtrodden and who were, who felt, you know, sidelined or marginalized or, or minorities, you know, and, and it's like just yeah. having the, the, you know, the superheroes, most of them are, are white guys because that's what most of the people who write comics are, are white guys. Mm-hmm. So you get the difference and, where you have an actual minority hero taking up a mantle of a guy that was traditionally. I'm going to be curious. I'm going to be very curious to see how long Sam stays as Captain America, though, if he makes it all the way through Captain America Four. I would think so. Man, I have his first solo kind Uh, of movie. You don't want to just be like, "Hey, we're in this movie. We're going to have Bucky take over." Sorry, bro. (laughs) No, he's back. I am so (laughs) take backs. I'm so against Bucky getting the shield. Don't get me wrong. I love Bucky Barnes. He's one of my favorite characters because his story arc is one of the most heart-wrenching things um, that the MCU MCU has. However, because it's so heart-wrenching, he does not need the weight of being Captain America. And I think he already already understands that. Yeah. Because I'm sure him and Steve had the Mm -hmm. discussion where Steve is like, you understand why I'm choosing Sam. And why, you know, I love you. You're my bro, ride or die. But I understand you. You understand yeah. your best friend well enough to know that that's not something that they can handle. Mm-hmm. I think that, mm-hmm. I think Bucky knows that too. That's why he's just, he was upset. Sam didn't want to take the shield because like Steve chose you, but he never mentioned like, well, you know what? He wasn't angry that Steve didn't choose him. Yeah. He yeah. never, that never came up. He was just mad because Sam was like, nah, I don't think so. No, kept yeah, on saying you shouldn't have like, given up the shield. Yeah. He felt like he was yeah. disrespecting Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, like Steve wanted you to have this, you should take this. Um, and, and like he said, like if Steve's wrong about you, then he might be wrong about me. What? Um, yeah. and my favorite, uh, Sebastian Stan scene though, acting wise is when they flash back to his time in Wakanda. Oh, oh my God. Yes, and, and bro. Be like you know, he goes through that like the word, like the the code words, the keywords. So he has to go through them to see if they work, and, and he doesn't change. And like that, he mm. totally sells that. Uh, man, and you see the anguish on his face, so and he just he, he, the tears start to well up, and then like the words keep coming. And she says that last word, and he, he's she's like, "You are free." And he just breaks down. Oh, oh my heart was oh. like. That was just And then then Zemo had to say, you know, try it on him. And he says, well, I had to try. (laughs) And then, and then also the juxtaposition of him having that moment. And then in like an episode or two later and him hitting on, on Sarah. (laughs) It's just like the most hilarious thing. It was like, it was adorable, but it was like, I'm like, I really wanted to see it again because I hope that they both realize that it annoys Sam and that they continue this. So like in Captain America 4, they hit on each other and Sam is just like, can you guys stop? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you, you saw in the series, the 
the birth of a, a true friendship because initially they probably yes. sort of didn't like each other. It's kind of like that situation where you have three people who know each other and one of the people is best friends with the two other people, mm. but those two other people don't really like mm-hmm. them. They just only hang around and tolerate it because of the one other person. So without the, the removal of Steve and they both love Steve and like, he's their two best friends that, you know, they leaned on each other to make up for that loss of Steve mm-hmm. for him not being around and they use each other's you know support. And, but, but now they are yeah. actually friends without exactly. the need of Steve. That's, your, I, that's what it should be called without the need of Steve. I, I, I <laughs> think, Steve uh, free. I think free another series that is going to be influenced by this a little bit too, is the upcoming Wakanda series. Um, oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So that that's so. in there as well. So yeah, I mean, Disney's just, you know, Marvel's just doing what they do. They're like, you know, telling a story and yet opening up the world even wider. Um, and I always say that uh, the MCU, they never do anything by accident. Like anything you see in there, <laughs> it, it could be the most stupidest little thing. Where you're just like, ah, oh, it's like a throwaway line. Three movies later, boom, yeah. shows up and you're like... <laughs> You magnificent some bitches. <laughs> Kevin Feige's on it, man. Got me. Kevin Feige's a master. Well, if you look at the like what they did that you know even camera wise, you have these shots that are exact replicas of things that happened in previous films. Like you have the shot of John Walker and Lamar like going into the building with him with the shield in front, and I'm like, that's exactly what happens in Captain America: The First Avenger when Steve breaks through and it's the whole Howling Commandos, it's only one person, but the shot is exactly the same. It's just, it's just a a bunch of splash pages. Like just, it's like the moving pictures. Yeah. They're just like, (laughs) we have, you know, 80 some odd years worth of history to go off of. We could pull from anywhere. I bet you that, that was it that, that Lieutenant that was assisting Sam at the beginning episodes He's going to be the new Falcon. Torres. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 you're going to like, yes. all right, when are they going to make him the new Falcon? 100%. Just go ahead, you know, experiment on him and he, give him he, wings. He is in it. the comics. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Like it's, said, it's, they it's don't introduce reason. characters by accident. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I think that wraps up our discussion for Falcon and Winter Soldier, at least uh, for this episode for now. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, we're going to be right back uh, and get a little creative. I walk a lonely road, the only one that I have ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's only me and I walk alone. Hey everybody, Michelle here with an iconic rock talk show moment. It's been a rough week, y'all. Uh, last Thursday, Les McEwen of the Bay City Rollers passed away at age 65. He was with the group for six years at the height of their fame in the 70s. In that time, they sold 120 million records and scored their only U.S. number one with, of course, Saturday Night. Also Thursday, um, Greg Jacobs, also known as Shock G, also known as Humpty Hump of Digital Underground, was found unresponsive in a Florida hotel room. Um, I haven't seen if there's been an official cause of death, but he uh, apparently had substance issues for quite some time. Not only was he a rapper, he was a drummer and a keyboardist and a record producer and uh, an artist who created the artwork for their album covers. And um, not only was there work with Digital Underground, but Digital Underground introduced the world 
to a young Tupac Shakur on their record, Same Song. Um, Shock G produced So Many Tears and I Get Around for uh, Tupac in the 90s. And uh, going back before that to Monday the 19th, of course, we lost Jim Steinman, the mad genius, the mastermind behind the material on Meatloaf's Bad Out of Hell, as well as the person who revitalized Bonnie Tyler's career with uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart and Holding Out for a Hero. Those were probably the two greatest uh, muses for his work. Um, he passed away at age 73. Uh, official cause was kidney failure, but he had been in declining health for years before that. He was sometimes called Little Richard Wagner. I think that was on his website. Uh, he said, I start with extreme and go from there. And he also said, if you never go over the top, you never get to see what's on the other side. So we will be talking about Jim Steinman uh, next month on our next music segment. But in the, next uh, in the meantime, spin some bat out of hell and, and remember Jim. He uh, definitely gave off sparks. This has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. The blog is iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com, and we'll catch you next time. Everyone these days could use a little support, and your friends at the ESO Network are no different. With the ESO Network Patreon, the cool thing is, is when you help support us, it's you who will benefit. With four tiers starting for as little as 25 cents a week, you can listen to some of your favorite network podcasts early, hear exclusive content, maybe get some ESO swag, or even possibly take a shot at the geek seat. All you need to do is sign up at patreon.com backslash ESO network. Welcome back. And now it's time for the creative outlet segment. And we are here with a friend of the show, Brian Silverbacks. Welcome, sir. You got a new project going. Hey, what's going on, Mike and Mike? Could it be like Mike and Ike? It's almost like the candy. It, it kind of is. And, you know, we're, we're not nearly as sweet, dude. No, you don't know us well enough to know that yet. No, but so I, I do have a project that's on Kickstarter and there's, uh, we have until Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern time for people to try to back this. And what I've tried to do is I've tried to make an all-inclusive environment for storytelling. So I, I built the world called Kara Prime and then I let 17 other writers write a story inside that world. And they each got to pick 17, th th those guys picked their own artist. And so we're show we're showcasing like the world itself and what kind of stories could take place so that when you buy this graphic now or, or this collection, this anthology piece for 20 bucks, you can see the potential for where we're going to go down the future. Like if we're going to start doing floppy issues, 22 pages a piece, but this will kind of get you familiar with the environment that all of those stories will be told. So what I've done is I've tried to create a world where we can tell any kind of story we want. If we want to tell a Mad Max-esque story, we can do that. If we want to tell a zombie story, we can do that. Or if we just want to tell like a class, like a class type story, like a in time or hunger games, like we, so the world is built for multiple kinds of storytelling and storytelling, like I'm country as hell, uh, storytelling, so that we can bring in all kinds of creators and start to showcase some uh, some people that maybe need to get more spotlight on them. And the more that we, the more that we build up the name and and what is Kara Prime, 
the more eyeballs that brand gets, the easier it'll be to start focusing and pulling people into that to showcase their skills. And then they can go off and do other things while we're still building the world. I don't, it's very, imbi- I, 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 I'm not very concise when it comes to describing it because I think it, it I, as far as I know, there's no like template or nothing for me to measure against to try to see how to do this properly. So I don't really know how to pitch the idea other than it's going to be a lot of people doing cool stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I see, I, I recognize a lot of those names that are associated with this already. So I know you reached out to the, the, your fellow indie comic guys. And yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we, we pulled in, uh, you know, Stefano who has done work for heavy metal and scout and aftershock and caliber, like all that. Every, uh, I think, I think collectively that the 25 creative people that we have on this project have had work published by at least 15 different publishers in the past five years, you know, and I'm not, I'm not the big dog here. Like these, these people that are on the book with me picked a cool character. They write this cool story and gave, and have provided so much to the world of care prime. I'm just honored that they gave me a yes when it said, Hey, do you want to work for some peanuts? Absolutely. And, uh, and yeah, it looks like, um, yeah, hopefully you can get enough peanuts to get this thing going on, on Kickstarter. I know you're, we're near the end of it, right? So this yeah, is the, yeah, last, the this end, last push, right? And, and, but see this for me, I'm, uh, this project is well worth like 40 or something, you know, about $45 for the, for 120 pages of content from all these creators. It's, it's, it could get 45 easy. But I put it at $20 because my goal is to try to get as many people to see this and like the product. And I don't need to cash a big check. I just want everyone to experience it so that we can grow together. Like I'm not in it to do a a diamond gold cover with naked breast on the front and Mm. dipped in gold and have all these different add-ons that are that'll cost the, the, the backers money. I just want eyeballs, man. Yeah. And, and, and definitely, and I, it's, it looks like a great project. Um, I'm, it, you know, the, num- the number of uh, folks that you got involved with this is, is amazing in and of itself. I definitely recommend people check it out. Where can people go to find it and, and see what else you're up to? Uh, right now, if you want to, if you want to check out the campaign, it's www.caraprime.com. K-E-R-R-A prime.com. And that's a quick link to the, to the uh, Kickstarter page. And then everything else I have is just at silverbax.com. Awesome. Awesome. We'll have a links to both of those in our show notes. People can just, after they're listening to us, they can just click on those and go check it out. I appreciate it, man. I hope, I hope sometime soon. Oh, you know what? I just talked to Jer- uh, Jamie today. Uh, Dragon Con se- seems to be a go. As of right now. Yeah. Well, J- Jamie is the guy in charge of the artist alley. And he talked, he messaged me today because I posted about my foot and he was checking in on me. And I said, so what's up with Dragon Con? He's like, dude, we're going to do it. I was like, heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so we'll see you there, if not sooner. All right. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great night. Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela. And this week, this geek girl is talking about the new Mortal Kombat movie. So this past week, the new Mortal Kombat movie was released in theaters and on HBO Max. I sat down with my dad to watch it, and it was exactly what we expected it to be a super action-packed movie that was also kind of cheesy. 
It had some of the characters we all love from the games, decent CGI, and some amazing kills, and a great fight scene. The entire movie, however, not taking place during the Mortal Kombat contest, was a bit weird. It was somewhat of a prequel to it, and that was interesting. And they also created their own character in the main character, Cole, so I thought that was also a rather weird move, too. But, you know, it still worked. I love seeing the fight scenes and the look of all the Outer World characters. I really went into this movie just wanting to see some cool fight scenes and great characters, and that was exactly what they gave me. Like, I felt like a kid again playing my Mortal Kombat game on my Sega Game Gear. Overall, if you like the games or just fun movies with lots of great martial arts fight scenes and fun characters, then I would totally suggest getting a bowl of popcorn and watching this movie. If you're looking for a movie with acting and storylines worthy of Emmys, well, you can go check out that list too, since the Emmys were just this past week as well. Thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. So let's go wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Geek Father, you made it, my friend. I did. You stayed fluid with us, and you know, kind I of. I know. Busy. I didn't. I didn't drift off into space. You know, just like I <laughs> 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 stayed on topic, on task. All right. Exactly. Anything you want to promote, my friend, or shout uh, out about? Just our podcast, the Blurred Nerds. It's it's six years going strong. You can find us on every major podcasting platform in the universe. Um, we got a YouTube channel now where we just, Jen is doing, a little bit is doing beauty videos and I'm doing like movie reviews and just talking with my nerd friends. I call it Bosom Blurdies. It's pretty hilarious. Um, <laughs> That's cute. You can find us on Twitter at The Blurred Nerds or you can find me at Choco Machismo. Best Twitter handle ever. Oh yeah. Most and uh, we're on Instagram at The Blurred Nerds. So just look us up. We're out there. We'll respond and we love, you know, the connection and the feedback. That's awesome, man. That is really awesome. And it's great to have you here. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. I think we might see you a lot more on the show more very often. Well, I hope so. I got I got to catch up a little bit. She's just been hogging all the time. Well, <laughs> you know, if, you know what, what can I say? Ladies first, you know. Hey, you know what? She's a beautiful, smart lady. She's she's a great partner and couldn't do this without her, so. No, nope, exactly. Most definitely. And let's thank Julie for being here also. Thank you so much. I was really excited to see you say, oh, yeah, we needed to have you on this episode or else you might never listen to us again. No, um, I, we didn't say listen. <laughs> we said you'd never oh. talk to us again. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. So. I, I think that's more realistic. You know, you don't listen anyway, so it's okay. <laughs> so why would we, you know, why would that change? Nobody listens to this show. No one. But, you know, anything you want to promote or anything? Always need to promote. Um, so I am doing the Watchers in the Fourth Dimension podcast. Uh, we're covering Doctor Who. And we most recently did an episode which we named The Mix-A-Lot Principle. Um, and it's about the Seeds of Death, which is the second Doctor. Um, so go check that out. I, I'm finding fascinating because I listen to the show. And it's fun because you are just seeing all these for the first for time. Seven absolutely it, first time like every once in a while like there's certain spoilers you can't get around 
but it's really exciting to see everything for the first time and everyone else is like so julie how'd it go mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly and you're like it was awesome this was so cool so yeah it's pretty awesome to listen to you guys and you know it's it's great because you guys have such you guys have grown and gelled over but you guys mm-hmm. now are in second year uh yeah second year um and we're just finishing up the second doctor so oh you got the war games to come real oh, soon. <laughs> oh that's that's gonna take about three Years. weeks for you <laughs> so it's it's a long one you know you mm-hmm. think the six episode ones are long <laughs> no nah. No, nah. <laughs> this is going to be a fun one for you, but it's, it's going to be cool. So definitely check out the podcast phone. It's a lot of fun. All right, Mr. Mike, we have made it through another one, my friend. We have, and as always, it's my pleasure. Anything you got to shout out about, sir? Yeah, I don't think I've mentioned him before. And if I have, it, it bears repeating because I need to give him another shout out. But uh, um, British musician radio personality, whatever you want to call him, Christian James Hand uh, does a show on Instagram uh, once, sometimes twice a day called The Session. Uh, He's been doing it at least at home since uh, the pandemic started. And what he does is he, for somehow, somehow, somehow this guy has gotten master tapes of a lot of classic songs, tons of classic songs. And what he does is he breaks them down. He breaks them down and you, he, you hear the drum, uh, the, all just drums first. You hear just the guitar parts, just the bass, just the keyboards, just the vocals. And you really, you really understand how a song, even the songs that you think that you've heard a thousand times, that you know so well, you'll be able to hear something in them. And you're like, man, I never knew that was in there. And how, like you can take those tracks and individually they don't sound like anything, but when you put them all together, they make this song that just sounds amazing. And he's really great at, uh, at what he does. Um, unfortunately he doesn't record them, uh, for obvious reasons. He doesn't have the rights to these tracks or whatever. So, um, so you got to catch him live. Uh, but he's got an Instagram account, which like I said, he goes on Instagram live and does this. He actually does show up on some radio shows and those are taped. So uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes to his site that you can check this out. Um, but I got to give a special shout out to him because uh, in honor of Prince's, uh, the, the fifth anniversary of Prince's death, he did uh, go crazy. Let's go crazy. And mm-hmm. let me tell you, I, I know that song like the back of my hand, but I have so much more respect for uh, his Prince's genius and that song than I ever thought possible. That That is, uh, is, he really goes Christian does a great job at showing you exactly how special some of these musicians are in some of these songs that uh, we take for granted sometimes. So uh, check it out. Like I said, I'll put the link in the show notes and if you can catch him, uh, do so. Awesome. 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 Uh, my shout out real quick is actually a comic book. I'm going to recommend. I haven't done Ooh, that for quite wow. some time. You haven't done that in ages. Maybe I know. A year. I know. I know. <laughs> Trust me. I know. Um, I actually picked up a comic, and it's actually tying into Earth Station Who. I picked up Missy at issue one. Ooh, yeah, we talked about that. And it was amazing. They captured Michelle Gomez's likeness, her attitude of her playing Missy wonderfully. And it was a great, great comic. 
Uh, these are done by the fine folks at Titan Comics, and not the comic book store, but the publisher. Hmm. And it is definitely worth checking out if you're a Doctor Who fan, especially new series. And it's neat because this is the first time in the Doctor Who run that they've actually featured, you know, one of the Doctor's villains. So as the main, as the main character. So it's pretty awesome. You know, in the past they've done Dalek comics and stuff like that, but not through Titan. So it's it's actually pretty awesome to check out. So I definitely would recommend that if you do get a chance. So I think that's pretty awesome. So we will be back again next week. And we will gripe. We will complain, as always. You know, that's just Earth Station 1 for you right there. But we are going to be talking all about podcasting next week. We have never done that on the show. We're going to talk about how podcasting has evolved and how it's changing. And, you know, have some... Longtime friends of the show who haven't been on for quite some time and who have been podcasting for a while and, you know, seeing how it's changed over the years because podcasting is definitely not the same as it was when we started this back in 2010. So this is it's just it's pretty amazing to see. So definitely get, join us for that. So it should be a lot of fun. And as always, we love seeing you guys, hearing from you guys. So, of course, write us at feedback at earthstation1.com. We definitely would love to hear from you guys. So, as we always like to say, thank you for listening to the Earth Station 1 podcast. We're powered by NSC. You can find them at, at nsclivetv.com. Remember, you can also find Earth Station 1 wherever fine podcasts are found, including now Amazon Music and Audible. Please subscribe and tell all your friends about us. Yeah, we're not too proud to beg. You know, we love getting new listeners. So if you know anyone who likes geeky comment and geekiness and just really bad reading of ads, that's our show. It's perfectly. So it's always great to have you guys be with us. And thank you as always. If this is your first time listening to us, thank you. Please come back. If it's your longtime listeners, Thank you. We appreciate you guys more than you could ever expect. On behalf of myself, Mike Faber, Mr. Mike Gordon, thanks, of course, for listening. We will see you here next time on the Air Station One podcast. Please stay safe. Hug your loved ones. Please get vaccinated. Peace. And we are gone. Boom. Yay. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Earth Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com.
ESO Network, your station for all things geek.